Previously on Many Realms. Yeah, I I don't know how we're gonna fare at Harcher. Why? Harcher's been well a ghost town for at least ten years. Her hands. They turn into claws. Her eyes went black and shiny. She started attacking. The toy horse explodes out of your hands with a searing flash of light and directly to Hartshire. Hi, my name is Jordan. I play Mateo and it's bananas to be here. My name is Eli. I play Olivet and it's appealing to be here. My name is Jillian. I'm playing Anisha. It's peachy to be here. Hi, I'm Jory. I play Juniper and it's grape to be here. Hello, uh, is this a bad time? Uh, I'm Jesse, I'm a, I'm a DM, and I'm here to spread the word about many realms. Four, the Beatles. You guys. I'm Ringo. Ringo. Yeah, you are kind of the Ringo, aren't you? Yeah. Maybe Paul. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think you're kind of a bit of a John. Look. Anyway, the four of you are racing down the road that leads to Hartshire from Willow Run, um, heading due east. A marvelous, fantastical, arcane steed pulling your wagon with all of its might, which is a metric fuck ton of might. You are a little bit like pressed back into the back of the wagon as this thing just whips along. Or maybe you are standing and rocking around like um, Ilana in the truck in the wedding episode of Broad City. Either way, what are you saying? What are you doing as you charge down this dusty thicket road? I'm driving, so I'm in front. This doesn't seem conducive to conversation. (laughs) Okay. Magic is weird. Mm. Can I still have a conversation? Sure. It's yeah. just not conducive. It's not. You're not like in like a rocket ship. It's just like faster than most horses. I maybe exaggerate a little bit there. Mateo, what are you? What are you even still doing here? What do you? What do you mean? Didn't you get your everything you want? Your brother, who you love, and is your whole world and bigger than the whole thicket. I mean, yeah, but. There's a whole lot more now. I mean, I'm only 15. Yeah, so why are you spending time with us here, these people that you just met? Well, because I'm going to be a hero. The ride from Willow Run to Hartshire takes about an hour and a half or two hours of thrilling high-speed wagon moving. Unfortunately, Felix didn't specify to you and Nisha how long uh, Mr. Horsey Worsey lasted. So um, after about an hour and a half, you notice that Juniper in front in the wagon, the horse that's pulling the carriage starts to look a little bit less opaque. Um, The edges are sort of translucent and fuzzy. Anisha, how long is this thing supposed to last? Or how do you stop it? Why are you asking me about magic? Because you, you, you were given this. I didn't think to ask. Well, okay. Talk to it. 
Do something, I don't know. Well, let's just ride this thing out as long as we can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so do nothing, sounds good. Um, you charge along and as you watch the horse, its speed never drops, but it starts getting more and more kind of faded and misty looking. When this thing stops, we're gonna shoot forward, aren't we? The wagon stops. The horse vanishes and you need to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, wow. 19. 11. Uh, 19. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the wagon suddenly comes to an abrupt halt as the horse completely vanishes and its um, momentum kind of sputters out. Olivet, you brace yourself against both walls of the wagon. The rest of you are launched forward, hitting yourself off of the other wagon walls. In Juniper's case, the dirt path in front of you. And in Mateo's case, the back of Olivet. Um, And you each take three points of damage. In front of the wagon now is a stuffed animal horse. It looks kind of sun-bleached and faded. I say, giddy up. It twitches. Giddy up, giddy up. How far along are we, Cap? How far along are we? <laughs> By your best guess, you're not too much further out. It seems like the horse took you most of the way. You'd say it's um, hopefully around like a mile. By my best guess, it's hopefully around a mile. Nailed it. Thanks. All right, we can walk a mile. Okay, you walk a mile. So wait, we're leaving the wagon behind. Yeah. We have to. There's no way to carry it. It's not like we have stuff on it. Yeah, you approach the former village of Hartshire. From a ways out, you get a sense for how empty and and desolate this place is. Most of the buildings in Hartshirt have been burned down or have fallen prey to the elements or banditry in the past decade or so. As you walk up, you can see that there was once a solid wooden fence and um, an archway over top of the entrance to the village that said Hartshirt in uh, gleaming iron letters that are now rusted and mangled and drooping from their posts. In front of you, you recoil from the sight and in some cases the smell of um, piles of um, sun-bleached human bones. Yikes. There's one major road that leads through Hartshire and carries on through the eastern portion of the thicket which is why travelers still take this route. But there's little else to see. Maybe a handful of buildings still stand on the northern side of the village, and all around you in a messy, uncomfortable trail from the very front of the gate, more bones. Um, can I take a sidebar to ask what the stats on that dagger are? Are they, are they normal daggers? Look like normal daggers. Okay. Um, Juniper, did you ever eat those seeds? No, so I still have all of those. That's fine. Should I eat a seed? Well, whatever. It's up to you. Now I want to eat a seed. <laughs> I eat a seed. Which one do you eat? Is there any way for me to figure out what they do? Um, eat them. Yeah, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. Okay, I'm going to try the polished wood one. Okay, um, you eat the polished wood seed, and you learn the cantrip shillelagh. Cool. Okay, I eat the rest of them. Okay, you learn the following cantrips 34 hours later. Um, you learn uh, from the weird two-seed one, you learn guidance. From the one that has kind of veins of gold running around the outside, you learn mending. 
from the metallic looking one you learn produce flame cool um where do we want to start is there any like type of place that you're looking for do we remember who Valix's parents were i don't know that that was important okay it's pretty much clear destruction as far as you can see to like the far end of the path and the exit of Hartshire. It's not a very big village. And um, to the north, there is uh, nearby what looks like a residence that still appears to be standing upright. Should we check it out? Yeah, I think houses are probably would have more than like a shop. Yeah, maybe if we're lucky, Valix left her own house standing. Let's try. So you head up to this residential building. It is, um, looks like most of the buildings in Hartshire are made of wood. Um, I mean, ain't that the way it goes. This one is a brick building, which probably uh, helps speak to its longevity. Um, it is uh, pretty sturdy. And um, can you all roll perception checks for me? Four, <gasps> five, one, 15. Anisha, you take a look around and you notice that um, this building is like in disrepair, naturally, but it's not in as much disrepair as you would think. The yard is overgrown, but not a decade's worth of growth. The windows are dusty, but not a decade's worth of dust. This building looks like it might have had people in and around it relatively recently. Aha! Let's go in. (laughs) Yes, I think this... This looks promising. You head inside this residential building, and um, when you step through the front door, you find yourself in a relatively large, spacious uh, living room. This looks nice. Yeah, let's just hole up here. (laughs) Directly in front of you is a doorway that leads into what looks like a kitchen and a pantry. And um, to your right, at the end of the room, a hallway leads further into the house. Okay, I'll go into the kitchen and try to investigate that um the kitchen's actually in a pretty neat and tidy state there is a large shelf on the far wall that is covered in all kinds of dried goods and preserved foods um there is a small uh fireplace on the other side that um obviously a fire hasn't been lit in a long time but it's relatively clean and there's a table for preparing the food and i assume there's no fresh food there's no fruit or anything it's all just preserved stuff do i make a perception check for me a lot of those this time. Eleven. You take a look around and you um, peek underneath the table in the kitchen. And you don't find fresh fruit, but you do find some dried up, um, what look like rinds. And they are a um, familiar teal color. Someone's been eating drake fruit in here. Recently? Are the rinds like rotting? They are, they've, they've kind of dried up and they're sort of hard. Um, so it's definitely been... At least months. Okay. It's relatively recent. I'll show mm-hmm. her the rinds. Gross. Uh, Anisha, Anisha would love to find a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you pass through this living room. For the record, the living room is actually not neat and tidy. It looks like it's been kind of ransacked. The like cushions have been kind of torn open. Um, shelves have been rifled through. It looks like searching more than just abject destruction. And you head down the hallway, and at the end of the hallway, you find stairs leading upward. Do you go up them? I do. Okay. Uh, At the top of the stars, there is a hallway, um, and there are two doors on your left and one door at the end of the hall. 
on your right there is a window looking out um, to the desolate destruction of Harsher. Would anybody like to join me upstairs? Sure. I will. Upstairs. <laughs> upstairs. Three doors. Which one should we open first? We open the one at the far end of the hall. Sure. It opens into a storage closet. There are linens. Amazing. This is a great radio. We open the one closest to the stairs. Closest to the stairs? Okay. This opens up into a bedroom for grown-ups. No kids allowed. Yeah, Mateo. Stay out of here. <laughs> Mateo finds a force field in the doorway that he can't penetrate. <laughs> JK, could you imagine? On the far side of this room, there is a double bed, or queen, fantasy queen, fantasy bed queens size. Queens in medieval Europe. Not drag queens, though. No, Wait, yeah, yes, drag A drag queen-sized mattress um, opposite a wardrobe. And next to that, a table that looks like it's laid out with um, some, like, mason's tools. And uh, closer to you uh, on the against the wall is a trunk that looks like it had a lock that was smashed open. It's lying on the ground in front of the trunk. Okay. I very carefully open the trunk. Okay, you open the trunk. Um, congratulations, you've solved my trunk puzzle. You find old clothes in some neat little piles. Well, once were neat anyway. It looks like they've been rifled through. You find a necklace. And it looks like it's strung up with um, fangs instead of seed beads or um, Pandora charms. And next to it, a faded piece of parchment. What does the parchment say? I'm so glad you asked. It's a letter. It reads, Valix, I do not know where or how this message will find you. My hope is that something I can share with you lovingly when you are ready. My fear is that you will find this only when your shame and despair grows too strong to control. I'm sorry that your father and I hid this from you for so long. The fault is entirely mine. I wanted you to have a safe and pleasant upbringing, far removed from the terror that plagued your mother and her mother. You must know that I was never ashamed of you. How could I be? And that I believe the love your father holds for us in his heart is pure. If I am not here when you read this, if you are flood in rage, if I have passed on, or if either of us have been found out Please heed these words and do not take up any reckless action. Humankind must not be painted with a broad brush. Some, like your father, are tender and understanding, even if others, like you, Lacan, are not. Walk in this world with strength, grace, and mercy for even those who are unmerciful to you. If fortune favors our family after so many years of bitter misfortune, then I will be walking alongside you, teaching you, loving you, for as long as I live. Love your mother. Underneath the letter is a small leather-bound book. Looks like a diary. All of the pages have been torn out of it. Roughly, it looks like. And in the back, interior cover, you see claw marks etched into the paper there. Can we um, look through the other room, which is presumably Valix's? Of course you can. 
There is a small bed, um, drag princess sized. There is a um, small desk. On the desk are some pieces of paper and um, lumps of charcoal. And yeah. Um, if I invest in, if I investigate, is there anything either interesting or like that seems personal or like intimate to her? Yeah. Um, these, these pieces of paper have drawings on them. One of them, the one that looks the most complete and hasn't been sort of scribbled out, depicts a young woman who looks like it might've been, um, Valix a number of years ago, standing next to, um, an older man. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> I didn't go upstairs. No, you didn't. I wanted to look around because obviously she was looking for something in this living room. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do a quick perception check to see if there's any remnants that hasn't been, that maybe she missed anything that looks like, obviously was looked through, like any bookshelves, any mm-hmm. any pieces of knowledge. And I roll a 10. You find in the corner Mm -hmm. um beneath a chair a little uh another stuffed toy this episode is stuffed toys and toy stuff you find a stuffed dragon and it even has a little plush drake fruit that you can make it pretend to eat cute yeah um is there anything interesting about it like is there can i i mean you've never seen a dragon before i don't know how many depictions of dragons you've seen before so i think that is like interesting Okay. It's like a strange, spiky cow. Like it's not, there's nothing about it like the horse that is mismagical or anything like that. It's just interesting. Can you make an arcana check? Sure can. 17. You pick it up and hold its ear up to your mouth and whisper, giddy up. And nothing happens. Olivet, you hear a tap at the window. Go look. Sure. Um, Someone has thrown a stone at the window to get your attention. I open the window. Outside, standing in front of the house, is a dwarf. He has a curled mustache. And he looks up at you, Olivet, standing in the window, and he gives you a cheery wave. Why are you waving at me? You tried to kill me. And then he snaps his fingers. And from out of the splintered wood and burnt ashes of the village of Hartshire, crawl forth the undead. Oh shit. You bitch! He turns and walks away smiling as skeletons start pulling themselves out of the wreckage of the burnt buildings and start stumbling towards the house that all of you are in. Oh my god, there's skeletons and Nod's a dick! Uh, okay, I'll head over to the window then. To the one Olivet's sitting at? Yeah. Sure. You look out the window and you see at least half a dozen skeletons some of them are wielding swords. Some of them look like they might have old crossbows in their hands. And one of them is riding on a skeletal horse. It's fucked up and super cool. Okay. Um, I load up a nice radiant bolt and I shoot it at skeleton horse. Baby. That is a 25. That'll hit. That's eight, 19 total. You um, squeeze next to Olivet at the window. You ready your elbows on the sill and you aim your crossbow and load in the radiant crossbow bolt, level one. 
I thought it would be more of like an anime attack thing. Like what? Radiant Bolt! And you loose that Radiant Bolt <laughs> into the horse's skeletal flank. And it gives a horrible, chilling uh, parody of a whinny with breathless voice. And it sort of whimpers and gasps and clatters and dissolves into dust as um, forks of holy light enwrap each one of its bones, consecrate it, and return it to dust. Cool. That's pretty fucking cool. I do like the anime. <laughs> the, Push your glasses up. Oh well, no, the, <laughs> the thumb across the nose thing. Yeah. Pretty good shot, eh? Yeah. Mateo's <laughs> in the mix. Uh, whose turn is it now? Anisha. From the window in the adult bedroom, mm -hmm. I assume the skeletons are visible. Yeah, it's looking out of the same direction. So hearing all of that, y'all like look out the window. I'm immediately horrified that not only somewhat fleshy beings can come back to life, but also their bones? Like, what's next? God's above. Anisha doesn't want to get any closer to a bunch of skeletons. So they spend this round panicking. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Very true to the character. Uh, who's next? Olivet is going to make it as far as she can towards the front door of the house. Can I spend can... my action to dash there? You sure yeah, can. Right? Okay, let's do that. With the intention of getting to the front door and, like, choke holding it. Sure. Um, Juniper's turn? All right, I'm going to run to the closest guy, I guess, because I'm pretty close to them, right? Are you going to leave the house? Yeah. Uh, Juniper, you run up and meet a skeleton. Yeah, I uh, can I cast uh, my fancy um, shillelagh? I've never played a spellcaster before. Can we make that clear? Right. Shillelagh is a bonus action, so you can cast it and still attack. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. Can you do an anime? Can you please call your attack? Is yeah. there a magical girl transformation? Uh, yeah, I um, raise my staff into the air and my theme plays as I spin around and my outfit becomes... My armor turns into a schoolgirl uniform. My Sailor Scout badge goes on my forehead and around. Shillelagh! <laughs> uh, uh, what? You do all that and then you kind of... You cast a cantrip? <laughs> That's what I was gonna Shillelagh. do. This got really. It lasts for ten rounds, for the record. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just just so you know. Um, yeah, and do you remember what it does? It makes my wisdom instead of my strength, which is important. Yeah. And then a one d eight instead of a one d six. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. You gonna attack with your shillelagh? I sure be. So that is a nine. That does not hit the skeleton. Well, there's a lot of build up. <laughs> well, Juniper has run. Directly into the middle of the battle, um, so this is this is just how I do it, I guess. I guess, like, Girl. okay. How many are there? There's three. There's four that are attacking you. You can see one further off in the distance that's climbing up from his skeletal horse, and um, there's one that looks like it's trying to climb up the wall of the house. How long until Juniper falls unconscious today? Well, three of them hit you. So let's cool, see. Cool. Um, My AC is real low. Juniper takes 12 points of damage as the skeletons lunge at her with their short swords. Not unconscious, guys. Woo! That's a milestone. Um, <laughs> celebrate it. Please help. It's Mateo's turn. Right, so what's the general position of most of these skeletons? Do I still have shots outside the window at any of them? Are they pretty much all inside around the house? You could get the one who took an extra turn to climb up off his horse dust. Oh, yeah. I hit him while he's down, for sure. Yeah. 
That's 15. That hits? Yeah! That's eight. Eight points of damage to skeleton number four. I'm using regular bolt! I use normal bolt! <laughs> uh, I believe it's Anisha's turn? It is Anisha's turn. And from the window, Anisha watched sweet summer child <laughs> Juniper Thistleweed run into a horde of the undead. So, seeing this, they will... How, how high is it to jump out the window? About 14 Do feet. I feel like I could jump that without hurting myself? Don't you have, like, special abilities related expressly to this? I thought, maybe? Uh, Step of the Wind is, like, a, a bonus action disengage that ups my jump distance. It ups your jump? Yeah, it lets me jump twice as, I guess, far. But that's like horizontally. <laughs> yeah, you could go. You could go longer before smashing into the. Ground. And that costs a key point. It does. I would say it would be fair to spend that key point to like assure your ability to get down to the ground floor, without taking damage. Anisha just hurls the window like up as high as it goes, uh, spends a key point to as a bonus action, jump out the window and land safely. Yeah, so you throw the sash open, you um, side hurdle hop out the window, and you're on the little kind of bit of trim above the the ground level. And I guess you sort of move over closer to the front of the house um, and then do a jump with probably a cool somersault component, I'd have to imagine. Absolutely. I probably don't have like a, an action to attack or anything at this point to like open the window and jump out. That seems like a good six seconds. Yeah, we're, we're ready. Olivet's turn? Correct. Um, I'm gonna use my action to dash up okay. to Juniper because she's not doing great. Grant her some protection. Thank you. Come at me, bitch boy. Oh shit. I'm gonna cast Thunderwave. Each creature in a 15 foot cube originating from you must oh, make yeah. a Constitution saving throw. What's your spell DC? 12. Okay, so I have to roll? Yes. Oh, I'm proficient in con saves. 16! <laughs> So two of the skeletons saved, failed their saving throw. Nice. Um, so roll 2d8. Uh, eight. Eight, okay. So let's just say one and five failed. So they take eight and they are pushed away 10 feet. Two and three take four points of damage and um, don't move away from you. What do I take? You take four points of damage as well. As Can you call your attack? Thunder wave. <laughs> that is how that sounds, yeah. I like this. This is an anime-style battle, everybody. It's good. After Juniper comes, bad guys? Mm-hmm. See you later. Gonna pass out. <laughs> I guess I have disadvantage now. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. Hit me in the face with th some thunder. I'm still here for you. Number four is gonna come up to Anisha. Mm -hmm. Number five is gonna come up to Olivet. Um, number one is going to run over here for an unknown reason. And because you're not gonna have three of them attacking me right now. Later days. Maybe. Uh, and number six is continuing to climb up the wall, and he gets outside Mateo's window. Nice. And everyone's gonna be attacking everyone else. So two on Juniper. One of them hits. Juniper takes three points of damage from Ooh. a skeleton short sword. Still standing. Olivet doesn't get disadvantage on this attack, but it super misses anyway. Anisha. Bitch boy. Ooh. <laughs> Anisha, that's a crit. Oh, fuck. Anisha, you take six points of damage from the skeleton, 
as it laughs with manic skeleton glee and claws at you with its skeleton claws and goes, I'm an affront to Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Just because you were like, bones can walk again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We have fun here. Um, We've got to keep going, though. There's so many skeletons left. The skeleton is going to try to take your crossbow out of your hands, Mateo. So you need to make an athletics or acrobatics check. I'll take acrobatics. And it can try, but little does it know, I got, oh, baby, 25. It got significantly less than 25. So it swipes at your crossbow, and you um, use the, the head of it to knock its skeletal hand away. Uh, is it is it holding on by one hand? So it's it's perched on this sort of ledge thing that Anisha just ran across. So it has like two feet on this ledge and one on the windowsill and the fourth limb, second hand, is reaching in and trying to grab at your crossbow because it was like, you just shot all my skelly friends. I just want to push it off. <laughs> you can make a, a strength check then. Let's do it. Oof, five. Okay, you are not successful in your attempt to push it off. I'll take a cutting action to uh, take the dodge uh, action for this round. Okay. Anisha, after getting swiped with skeleton hands, is disgusted, hurt quite badly, uh, and filled with rage and horror. So they will just start whacking. That's a 21. That'll hit it. For three damage. To number four. Yeah. That's your fist? No, that's my quarter staff. I'll do that again for 14, mm-hmm. six damage. You use your quarterstaff and you get it in one side of the rib cage and the other side of the rib cage until um, it pretty much comes away cleanly in half and both halves clatter to the floor, Buffy style. Great. Then I will run over to Juniper and get right in front of her. I love a sweet flank. Olivet's turn. I am going to finally do something. I'm going to attack uh, five here. That's giving me so much attention. Uh, and I'm going to use my new dagger. Ooh, that's a 14. That is. The damage is six. Okay. Why? Can I ask why you're using the dagger? It's fun. Okay. This skeleton's on its last bones. Last ligament. It still has a leg. Yeah, I know, but I wanted like a better. It's last femur. Oh, thank you so much. This skeleton is on his last femur. Let me action surge and hit it again. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. 19, okay, right. And dagger again. It's a six again. You take it out with this mysterious dagger that Felix gave you. You carve a line clean through the skeleton top to bottom. The dagger doesn't feel more special than any particular dagger, but you just got two of them, so that's nice. Maybe you action surge with the other dagger. Sure, yeah. Sure. I roar. Nice. Now it is Juniper's turn. Yeah, and I have one HP left, and I don't want to give anybody an attack of opportunity, I don't think. You could disengage. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that and maybe do a little runaway. Okay, where do you want to go? I'll go vaguely in the direction of this other guy who ran away, but I'm not going to go right up next to him. Learning, I see. Now it is Bad Boy's turn. Monstars, remember that? That was funny. Nice. (laughs) These two are going to split their attention, one to Olivet and one to Anisha. Oh, no. That's a hit on Olivet. It's actually another crit. Sucks to suck. For six points of damage as the skeleton avenges its fallen cousin. Hit me harder! 
Weird, weird <laughs> choice to do. <laughs> um, one of them is going to, the one on the windowsill is going to try to clamber in. It spends most of its movement trying to get up and not be prone as it like clatters through the window. Um, and it's going to take a clumsy swipe at you. No, it's, I'm on dodge. Yeah, and it misses. But then a second thing happens. Juniper, you see the skeleton who has fled from the battle and it has been um, prying away fallen floorboards and shards of glass and chunks of wood. And it found cake. And it holds up the birthday cake of the Necronator. No, it it pulls away all of this debris and masonry and um, another figure emerges from the wreckage. This one looks a little different. It has like a cool robe on and it extends a hand that, that crackles with what looks like arcane energy. And it nods to the skeleton that helped free it from the wreckage. And it advances. I'm not ready for a boss. No, you're not. It's a shame that you're the closest one. That's a 20. Okay. See you later. Have a great life. You take seven points of necrotic damage as this figure raises a hand and a jet of ice-cold blue light surges into your chest. Unconscious. See you later, guys. Now it is uh, a live boy's turn. Okay. Uh, pull my rapier and a stabby stab uh, this one that climbed through the window. That is 15. Damn. That's good. You hit. Because that plus one rapier, isn't it? It's that plus one rapier. Uh, oof. Uh, but that's okay. I'll take that is a six. Okay. That's the first scratch on him, so he's still looking pretty good. Yeah. Are you going to do anything else? Uh, I will cunning action dodge again. Okay. Uh, now it is the turn of... Why can't I keep this? It's so easy. It spells Ma and then OJ. Anisha. <laughs> and why was that so hard? Anisha will... You just watched Juniper get fucking murked. Yeah, not good. Also, like, Anisha's bleeding, like, pretty bad. They don't have, like, a ton of health either. So this whole thing sucks. So I think Anisha will call out to you, Olivet, and say, Olivet, like, do something. And uh, Anisha will uh, just wail on the skeleton that's attacking them. Okay. Wait. I want to drink the potion. Thank God. Did someone in this campaign just use an item they were given by an ally in a situation of danger? I don't know if I believe that this is happening. Okay. I shot two yeah. of those bolts. I know, and I love you for it. <laughs> Do you swallow the fingernail? Yeah, yeah. This is bad. Okay. You drink the potion of hill giant strength, and much like Earth Popeye when he eats his Earth spinach, <laughs> a, a cartoonish lump of pure muscle uh, flows to each of your biceps. I'm so sorry. Basically what happens now is that for one hour, your strength score is raised to 21, giving you a plus five modifier. You're a beast. <laughs> yeah, okay. Remind me not to arm wrestle you in the next hour. <laughs> Great. I drink this potion and then with my newfound strength, whack the skeleton hard as I can with a plus seven, which I'm gonna need, because that's a five for a total of 12. That actually doesn't hit. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. You gag a little bit on the fingernail, yeah, and you're I like, do. oh, it's actually a fingernail. He wasn't kidding. Okay, rough. Um, still, good potion usage. Ma OJ, Olivet. Olivet, feeling needed, and she <laughs> likes that, 
Um, I'm going to go stand next to Anisha at the risk of an opportunity attack. No, you're not leaving the threatened square. You're good. I'm going to fight this one that's threatening them. Nine plus six, 15. That hits. It's seven. Give uh, Still with the dagger? Yeah. Okay. You plunge the dagger into its skull. Um, it doesn't drop, but it looks at you with wild, empty eye sockets. Ugh. I know. You nasty. It's a nasty night in Harishire. Now it is OJ's Jay Juniper. But sorry, it's still standing. Yeah. Okay. It's almost gone. Three. Marka failed death save. Do those reset? Yes. Yeah. Thank gosh. Every time you stabilize. Do you want to just put like a little bookmark in the death and dying rules? <laughs> <laughs> so we have it there for if we need it. OJ. Bad guys. They're going to hit on Olivet. Not hit on. They're going to attack Olivet. Sorry, I'm not into that. It critted again. Oh my god. And is it the same the dice? Green die. Put it away. You take eight points of damage. Oh, I'm doing not good at all. Mateo is going to tussle with this other one at a disadvantage because of his dodge. The skeleton misses. And um, this creature is going to stride towards the two of you. And it is going to do some magic. Put on a show. No, don't. I'm going to die. Everyone's going to have to make a save, I think. Yeah, wisdom saving throw. Me too? And by everyone, no, you're <laughs> you're dead. Um, <laughs> the living people, the conscious people need to make a wisdom saving throw. Not Mateo. Ah, three. Twenty. Three and twenty? Okay, those are two different answers. It's true. It's true. I'm so fucked. Olivet, this thing uh, raises its hand and looks towards you and its skeletal teeth chatter in its skeletal jaw. It's a skeleton. And it kind of projects an image in front of you that only you can see. It's you, older, maybe 15, 20 years, sitting in a rocking chair by an extinguished fire, colds with a blanket draped over your lap in an empty room in a small house somewhere in the thicket and it's the moment when after so many years after so many battles um, the light finally leaves your eyes and in this vision Olivet there's no one there there's no one around you to hold your hand or whisper anything comforting in your ear you sit you stare and then you don't do much of anything you are now equipped with the frightened condition. You drop your dagger, and uh, on your next turn, you need to take the dash action and move as far away from this creature as possible. Ah, yeah. This is too real. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up. Ma'oje. Mateo. Uh, continuing my hard-fought battle with this window skeleton, and I attack with my rapier plus one. That is a 13. That hits? That is a 12. That knocks the skelly in the jelly. Fuck. Oh, wait, we don't swear, do we? I've been swearing a lot lately. I think we swear. I swear. Fuck you, skeleton. <laughs> yeah, your finishing move. <laughs> Fuck you, skeleton. Um, the skeleton gets fucked. It flies out the window and uh, gets skeleton impaled on like a plank and then goes all like dusty. Again, like Buffy. Great show. It is Anisha's turn. It is Anisha's turn. You watch as Olivette seems somehow um, shaken by horrific visions in her brain and she uh, staggers backward and drops her dagger. Yeah, that's not right. 
Um, <laughs> it just ain't. I guess the the spellcaster's not like in my melee range, but I like oh, I want my key point for like flurry of blows, but I need to get away from this skeleton. <laughs> ah, how is the skeleton closest to me looking? Um, quite bad. Quite bad. All of it just plunged a dagger into its skull before she dropped it. Okay, well, great. Then then I'll I'll whack it first because it's in my way. That is a 13. That hits. Thank goodness. Seven damage. Yeah, you fuck it all the way up. Great. You use fuck you skeleton. I, use, <laughs> I do. I use fuck you skeleton. I smash it in the skull. I take a step forward, and then I give the magic user a taste of that fuck you Juice quarterstaff. 13 again. That's good, yeah. 12. 12, nice. You um, smack his outstretched hand away from the direction of Olivet as if to say, don't do that. Yeah, I smack it and I say, those are my friends. And it is OJ's turn. Olivet, you have to dash as far away from this creature as you I can. I do, I do. When frightened by this spell, a creature must take the dash action to move away from you, the caster, by the safest available route on each of its turns, unless there is nowhere to move. If the creature ends its turn in a location where it doesn't have line of sight to you, i.e. probably back in the house, the creature can make a wisdom saving throw to end the spell. Okay. Well, I don't have any say on where I run, right? It just has to be away. Far away from it and like a safe direction. Can I run in the house? Yeah. Um, you will take an attack opportunity from mm-hmm. old Skelly. Might go down. Uh, not today. Yeah. Um, and you run inside and just like use your whole move to get all the way back here. Um, but you can make a wisdom saving throw at the end of your turn. That's now. 18. Yeah. You make the save and you no longer sustain the frightened condition. Um, you are breathing in, in torn, ragged gasps, panicked. You don't even notice that you've dropped the dagger until you are almost all the way down the hallway and you stop for a second and, and lean against the wall and gasp and wonder and bewilderment at what you just saw and what you just felt. God, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Very all of it. Juniper. Oh my God, Juniper. <laughs> <laughs> what if I die? I'll have to think of something. All right. Oh, it's a 20. That means you stabilize. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. You don't have to roll any more saves. I think, does that put you at one hit point? Yeah, it does. Wow, do I wake up? You've gotten so good at dying that you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, hack it. Life hack. Done. <laughs> Literal life hack. Me when uh, I eat a peanut. <laughs> um, yeah, natural 20, you gain one hit point. So you're conscious and up. I'll give you that as, like, not taking an action to roll the death save. You can you can get up and move if you want to. Um, what does my move do? Silvery pale light shines down five-foot radius for a high cylinder. Center point within range until the spell ends, dim light fills the cylinder. When a creature enters the cylinder... It is engulfed in ghostly flames. Should I engulf someone in ghostly flames? If you want. Okay, I do it. Okay. Let's fucking go. So sorry, where do you start the moonbeam? I'm gonna start the moonbeam on the guy who ran away. Okay. Um. So you open the scroll that Felix sent you. You're like, how to cast, proceed to step. Okay, and do I already have? Yes. Um. And you whisper um, a magical phrase. And I guess we're outside in this like kind of just... Oh, it's a 40-foot high cylinder, so it doesn't come from the sky. From 40 feet above everyone, a small shaft of moonlight appears and um, showers old buddy boy. So um, you get to roll 2d10. Okay. It does make the save, so it's going to take half damage, but still. Okay. 
19. It super dies. He shatters. <laughs> like me, after I read The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> just, just fucking kidding. <laughs> um, and that is your turn. Do you want to move anywhere? Yeah. Oh, uh, me? Yeah. You used one action to cast a spell. I think maybe I'll just move a little further away. Okay. From this, the last living one. Or there's two ones that are left alive? There's one. No material about that one. Oh, there is that one still. Yeah. There's two. And then one of them's like the wacky one. Yeah. So you're going to move just a little bit further away from wacky. Okay. Um, that was OJ. So Big Spooky is freaked out that you just um, moonbeam obliterated his thing. So he's going to try to dispatch Anisha as quickly as possible. <laughs> Fuck. Anisha takes nine points of necrotic damage uh, as this thing blasts them into... Unconsciousness. Yeah. And then it's going to um, fly towards you. This one is going to charge into the house and try to get to Olivet, which it super misses. Olivet is a jacked fucking AC. Um, Now it is Mateo's turn. Yeah, I'll jump out the window and I'm going on to the ledge around the corner to be able to shoot the big boy skeleton. I'll load up my last uh, specialty bolt um, to appease Jesse's need for us to use items that we're given. You're going to use the cold? I'll use the cold. Okay. Uh, Hopefully that's not like a good thing for him. Oh yeah, he's like... (laughs) Yeah, I hope he doesn't just slurp it up. And I will... Fire away. Oof. Oof. That's a nine. <laughs> the, uh, sorry. The bolt uh, lands in the grass kind of far away, and that grass kind of gets a little frosty and crunchy like it's the first day of winter. Great. Anisha. Natural 20! Yay! You're restored to one hit point. You big beefy, non-binary business person. I'm so strong. I'm hopped up on hill giant juice. Correct. What would you like to do? I'm to take this spellcaster down. Okay. Because, like, not today, Satan. So let's get whacking. 21. For sure. Seven damage. Uh-huh. And then I will spend my last key point to do flurry of blows, which must be do two unarmed hits. Okay. Well, that's like 26. Okay. Seven points of damage. Okay. And punch number two. Ooh, misses. All right. You whack it with the staff and then plant the staff in the ground and probably do that like swingy kicky thing. Sure. Olivet? I'm going to second wind for sure. Good call. Which is a 1d10, 1d10 plus my level. So only four. Okay. And that's a bonus action, yeah? Then I'm also going to move up and hit this guy. Okay. okay. 11 plus 6. Yeah, that hits. Roll some damage. I will. You uh, dropped your dagger, no. so you're probably using your axe. Battle axe. Uh, 8 points of damage. Boom. His body flies across the far end of the living room and smashes against the far wall, where it does not move. All right. Now it is the J, Juniper. Uh, Juniper is going to move her moon juice... Over. <laughs> is that like milk bush? <laughs> oh no, it sounds like something. Um, she's gonna move her moon over on top of the scariest guy. Okay. And it's gonna get that con save against twelve, which is your DC. Mm-hmm. Which it fails. It's gonna take the full brunt of this damage. Nice. 
six. It rolls its head back and screams as uh, holy moonlight uh, infuses it with radiant energy. It is not dead. I mean, it's dead. You know what I mean. Mateo? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, uh, it's going to attack people, too. I forgot. No. <laughs> so close. Dead. No, he forgot. No, he forgot. Ah, I forgot Took your hand off the chest piece. He's probably going to go for Juniper again, because I guess that person just fucked him up with moon juice. I mean, okay. I guess between me and Anisha, it's the same. We're both at one. I'll come outside soon, I swear. You're at one, eh? You only take two points of damage. But that's still... I know, but think of it that way. Hopefully this is time to use my signature move, fuck you, skeleton, frig you, skeleton, whichever one we want to use, and I attack. Fuck yeah. dice, so that's going to be fine. Okay, then I also get sneak attack. Total of seven. You raise your crossbow, uh, lock and load, and scream, fuck you, skeleton, or freak you, skeleton, whatever, as you launch a bolt into the rotted, festering, unholy mass where this thing's brain used to be. And as the bolt flies clean through the other side, um, the thing stops floating and falls to its knees on the grass. Pools of moonlight running down its face and body, and it slumps onto its side, looking up at all of you. And the twin pinpricks of icy blue light that lurked in its eye sockets snuff out. And this thing is no more. Congratsies. Wow. Rough. Everyone gets a lot of experience. Anisha would like to run over to Juniper and stabilize her. Sure. Do you have any ability to do that or are you just gonna make a medicine roll? I I have like proficiency in medicine. Yeah, you can you can make a roll to stabilize. Oh, it's a natural one. You're not great at it. No. You kill her. <laughs> no, you don't kill her. I'm Please s- don't kill me. <laughs> I'm scared and upset, so I can't help with that. I will obviously come down. I have fourteen gold pieces to <laughs> I dump them on her body. Does this help? Uh, Olivette, what are you doing? I guess coming back dejected and embarrassed as fuck. To see Anisha leaning over Juniper's lifeless body. Oh my god. Olivette, help! I don't know what to do! Can help I, me! Uh, can I try to fix this? Oh my god. Uh, you can make a medicine roll if you want. Uh, I'm not even good at this. Screaming in fear. I'm definitely gonna kill her. It's a 14. Uh, on a 14... Uh, I'll say you can stabilize her, um, but she is for sure at zero hit points unconscious uh, and probably can't be helped beyond that point. Does dragon fruit have healing properties? You don't know. Well, I got a bonus one that I don't need. So, um, bonus dragon fruit going down Juniper's uh, gullet. Okay. Um, So you're going to like cut a piece off, I guess, and... Yes. Uh, I guess, really, it would be probably a mama bird situation. I don't know that it would be, sir. I mean, how else is she going to get it down? Mateo cuts (laughs) off a piece of drake fruit, chews it up in his own mouth, then grabs Juniper's chin and pulls her mouth open and spits the chewed up drake fruit into Juniper's mouth. (laughs) Nothing happens. Can we frantically search around other buildings, maybe, for potions? Confirm, though, that dragon fruit doesn't have healing properties. So, was it fruitless? No, because there was fruit involved. <laughs> it's a 
Well, we also keep saying dragon fruit. That's a real world thing. World That's why I had to call it Drake fruit. TM, TM, TM. Let's pick her up and look for a potion in this friggin' town. Wow. <laughs> okay, where are you gonna look? Uh, can I see if uh, big boy uh, no capes skeleton has anything on his corpse? Yeah, roll an investigation check. That is a 21. He is wearing a strange golden amulet around his neck. Give me more jewelry. There is a strange amulet around this skeleton's neck. Uh, adults? Okay, yeah, try it. What do you mean? I just want you to look at it. I have no idea what this is. It's just, I, I thought maybe Anisha? Maybe you can help out here? Maybe? I'm not sure. Why do any of you think I know how to <laughs> do magic? I did see you jump off a building. Okay, whatever. I take the amulet <laughs> off and I put it on Juniper. Okay. She, she becomes the skeleton. Like a little. Really? But does she become conscious? That's all that matters. Oh, no. I just tried to help. Is it cursed? Is it cursed? Amulet? I'm so sorry. Can you make a charisma saving throw? Oh, God. <laughs> Natural 20 plus 22. Yes. Twenty, baby. Mateo, you wipe some of the spilled drake fruit off of her lips as you take the amulet, give it to Olivet, who claps it around Juniper's neck. I can't believe this is happening. Juniper, um, in the darkness of your own mind, um, you hear what sounds like the, the bars of a prison cell being struck hard, a, a cold metallic clang. And within your own mind, a figure approaches you. He is a short human. He has uh, dark brown hair and lively green eyes. And he is wearing a familiar uh, dark cloak. And he walks up to you and he says, um, Hi. Hello? That moonlight stuff really hurt. Uh, I think that was on purpose. Um, who are you? <laughs> My name's Eric. Hi, Eric. Am I, do I know I'm unconscious? You know you're not like anywhere in particular. Sort of have the sensation you're dreaming. Okay. I'm... With the cloak and what he said, you can probably deduce that this is like the skeleton person you just killed. I'm sorry for hurting you. Um, you were you were trying to kill me, in all fairness. I sure was. Why? Dark energies had corrupted my soul. Well, that, sound, that sucks. Yeah. Um, well, Eric, who are you? Well, I uh, used to live here in Hartshire. Um, I really enjoyed myself as a peaceful village until about um, 10 years ago or so. Before that, I had found like a strange little glen in the thicket, not too far out from the village. And um, I had spent a lot of my youth there. I found it sort of enchanting in a way that I couldn't really describe. And uh, the day I turned 18, I, I went there to spend the afternoon as I so often did. And when I got there, uh, I started hearing voices, whispers that said it was my time, that I was ready, and that uh, today was a very special day for me. And that was the last thing I kind of fully remember as Eric. The next day I woke up in the glen, I had an amulet around my neck and um, some pretty cool magic powers. Um, do you know who did that to you? 
Uh, yeah, it was my patron. Your patron? Yeah, Dark Fae of the Woods. Um, she commanded me to commit all sorts of horrible, torturous acts. I had to kill all these little animals and uh, steal stuff and bring it to the Glen for her. And if I didn't, she would make this amulet that I couldn't take off for any reason uh, burn like fire around my neck. It sucked. Yeah, it sounds very bad. Yeah, it was super bad. Um, does that have anything to do with what happened here? <laughs> no, that was Valix. Yeah, I know, but I'm just wondering if maybe what happened to you might have anything to do with what happened with her. No, I guess you're, obviously you're not from here. Um, no, she had her own stuff going on. Do you know what that was? I think she was part dragon. Part dragon? Yeah. All right. At one point, the patron asked me to spy on her a little bit. And I saw she would like have weird kind of like episodes where she would get claws and all like black eyed and stuff. But my deal was kind of, I was like more into my stuff. So I didn't really pay a lot of attention to her. Okay. Anyway, um, sorry, this is taking so long. I'm going to have to suck the soul out of your uh, entire body now. Can you just hold still? No, um, please don't. He has an amulet in his hand, two chains. And he's trying to sort of strangle you and grab you in a headlock with his elbow and wrestle the amulet pieces around your neck. And you feel like you can't really resist. I mean, you're in this sort of dreamy state. Your limbs feel weightless and insubstantial. And you try to push him away, but you hear that click, that same sound again. And the amulet is around your neck. And he stands back and he says, it is time to submit to me. No, thank you. And Juniper Thistleweed, when you say no, thank you, his face registers an expression of intense shock and he's pushed away almost like he'd cast him aside with a thunder wave and from the very outermost tip of him which would be the prominent point of his long nose his body begins to crumble and dissipate from the front all the way through layer by layer he disappears and floats into the blackness surrounding you and then when the very ragged edge of his cape fluttering in the breeze has vanished, your eyes flutter open. Thanks for listening to this episode of Many Realms. This is another installment of our Tallow D&D 5e arc. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Um, Like and comment on our posts, share with your friends, and spread the word so that everyone can join you in the Many Realms.